Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Week 7 is in the books after the Vikings win over the Niners last night on Monday Night Football. We'll get to that big upset in just a little bit. Steelers got the win over the Rams, but what did the rest of the AFC Hmm. North look like? The Bengals were off, so they're in the basement, cellar dwellers at (laughs) 3-3. Only division, Jacob, that has every team at 500 or better right now is the AFC North. It took a weird path to get to this point in seven weeks, yeah. but that's pretty much how everybody had it, right? This was going to be the tightest division race in all of football, featuring the four best teams, the four teams that are the closest to each other in all of football uh, across the eight divisions. Um, the Browns and the Colts, though, I think that's an early candidate for game of the year. That game was oh incredible. Nutty. You texted you, me. You, on we were talking Sunday, about it. Like, how? No Lions Ravens. Well, that game Doesn't sucked, matter. and Browns the game that was on was just an incredible game. Browns really pulled that one out, though, man. Um, I don't want to say lucky, but it really, really would have been good for the Steelers if the Colts would have been able to just hold on to that that win after the Pittman. I think I, I I totally get it after they got that touchdown to go up thirty eight thirty three, right? I I I I find it very hard to blame the Colts for this loss because they're just not very good. Well, one, they're playing without Anthony Richardson. Two, we don't know. They put up the. We don't know if Gardner Minshew is better than Anthony. Richardson. Oh, I mean, yeah, he was pretty good. Three hundred yards, yeah. They put up thirty-eight points on the Browns. They put up that's, however many yards on the Browns. That's four hundred some yards on the Browns. And Miles Garrett had a strip sack for a touchdown for the Browns. Right, and a and the block punt. So like, he made or, some kick, some right. defensive plays, and they still put up thirty-eight <laughs> points. And then you have to acknowledge what happened at the end of the game. You have to acknowledge the two penalties. Man, players doing that and the penalties that are being called, a lot of laundry is determining outcomes of these games. Mm-hmm. And whether that's the players themselves making a mistake or the refs maybe being a little harsh at those times in games, it's chicken or the egg conversation. But... It it really sucks when when games are aided to their finish because of the yellow laundry, isn't it? Like it, it really just it kills you as a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times when I say I would rather have calls be be wrong, but be made in the moment because then you have those big like a lot of just amazing moments are robbed because of frame by frame by pixel by pixel analysis was his toe in can you see a little bit of white like so you got to obviously say that the refs had a hand in the end of that well yeah game, i mean so, if but, they don't call the penalty on that force fumble which i don't know which penalty you thought was worse where it was like illegal contact right but and that's just, the thing they're just such judgment calls like mm-hmm. Illegal contact happens every play right it? how do you like, call it there how do you call it at that moment mm-hmm. of the game 
Pitt's quarterbacks literally on against Wake Forest on Saturday. Probably. He probably mm-hmm. did start his slide a little bit early. When do you ever see that call made? Right. Ever. Only when it matters. And they do it at the way like it's like in basketball. I thought of it like basketball. You know how when that like final shot goes up and there's still three seconds left for the rebound, you can punch a guy in the face uh-huh. and the ref's not gonna call anything because he doesn't want to end the game. It's only at the end line. of the game, yeah. That's kind of what I looked at at that pit game, at games like this Cleveland Browns game. Like, okay, you can make that a call, but like, don't you just kind of want to let him play on in a game mm-hmm. that this, unless it's egregious, don't you want to let him just play well, on? Well, for in sure. Game deciding and play? that was the bad thing about both of those calls at the end of the game. The one that came on the fumble and then the one that came uh, in the end zone on the pass interference. You get, If you want to make that call, make it on, throw the flag every single play because you're seeing that contact on every single play of the game. Yeah, so don't do it that late in a game. Especially, Again, and like, unless and what, you like grab the quarterback's neck and do the exorcist with it and like spin it around three times, you got to call a penalty there. Mm-hmm. But... Operate with some discretion on plays like that. I don't know what was worse, the illegal contact play or the pass interference in the end zone when the ball literally hit the like the stands. Yeah, that's got to be uncatchable. I mean, like, okay, there was contact there, but who in their right mind, who is physically capable ball? of catching that ball when it before it hit the ground, it hit the stands, it hit the padding on the stands. I don't know. If it's just that we have more eyes on things, more camera angles, more social media reaction than ever before, and that's what's happening. But refs across the board, all sports, seem to be be getting worse, Mm -hmm. not better. And I think it might have to do with the we're just more aware of things now. Like we're more aware of their mistakes. We're seeing the social media. We're seeing the the angles. Yeah. 18,000 cameras that we have access to at home. And it's not only that, it's the people at the game, too. Like, showing their footage and showing how bad of a call it is in real time. So, with so much technology at the fans' disposal to critique the refs, we got to give the refs some more help on the field technology-wise. I mean, Well, what's ridiculous is, in you soccer, know... In soccer, their wristwatch turns green when the ball crosses the goal line. You can't do that with football for first I mean, downs. the fact like, that we still have the chain, the chain gang, gang out there. Like, like, if the chain gang wasn't there... The Rams get the ball back. Especially because we know, dude, that's a great point. Like, if we have that technology, the chip, we know there's a chip in the ball. They Mm -hmm. admitted that. They keep keep track of stats that way. He just looks at his watch. He goes, oh, it didn't turn green. I guess Kenny Pickett was short of the yard to gain there. Like, it's so easy in 2023 to have that. And for to use a it to your billion dollar biggest sport in the world, other than maybe soccer internationally. Right isn't using it. And by the way, that sport that's the biggest internationally uses that kind of technology right. all the because time. because they need to. All the Because they time. can't afford to not use it. Bro, replay in tennis is better mm. than replay in football. Because they have the chip in the ball. There, There is no such thing as a referee making that bad call on a challengeable ball because... You have this. You have the technology to see that it's, ball. The, the tennis player just goes, "I'd like to challenge it," and the umpire goes, "Okay, okay sure. Let me look at the computer Let's see it and see what happens." Mm-hmm. Like, why is football so far behind the times? If you want to still have the chain gang out there just for the illusion of the chain gang, fine. But make the call based on the technology in the ball, wristwatch on the the ref. I mean, you're living in the past. You're being very archaic if you're the NFL, and you're right. Steelers should be happy that they haven't evolved because there was no way that they would have said that that was a first down if they had been determining first downs based on, you know, 
a chip in the football and if they indeed crossed that yard line or not because it did not. I mean, I think it was pretty clear that Kenny was short there. Yeah, I mean, to the naked eye, Tom, it was pretty obvious. How did the chain gang mess that up? So the Browns win by one, and they're 4-2. and The Ravens win by more than one. They win uh, by a mile, probably the most country su- mile. No, I'm not going to say the most surprising result of the weekend because if the Ravens won, it wouldn't have been that surprising. The fact that they won by as much as they yeah, did, what was it like? Was just 42 to, to six, 38 to six, 38 to six, six points for garbage time in the fourth yeah, quarter. Yeah, right. It was a masterclass. It was 35 to nothing in the first half. Lamar Jackson has the second highest completion percentage in football this year, behind Tua. Seventy percent of his passes are completed. He stays healthy and he continues to pass the ball that efficiently. Mm-hmm. They're five and two. Jacob, we said this before about them. You could really make the case that they've played. They are a seven and oh football team that has played poorly in two games and have caused self inflicted wounds to lose to the Steelers and the Colts. They fumbled like crazy against the Colts in their own territory. And we all know what happened in the Steelers games. Receivers were allergic to catching passes from Lamar Jackson in that first half. So that team to me could easily be argued as in that top tier of the NFL this year. I think we still hold back on them, though, because we're just waiting for that Lamar Jackson injury shoe to drop. Right. It hasn't yet. And we're all the way through week seven now. We He's are definitely we're getting, in the MVP conversation, too. For right? sure. Oh, I mean, you want to talk about how there aren't that many great quarterbacks playing right now? He's, He's playing, one of those he's few. Playing great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, dude, it's the passing. And the efficiency mm-hmm. in the passing game. We're not seeing the crazy mobility in the pocket, the the big running plays. But you're still you are, but it's not like his But it's 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 more so to escape and let the play develop than it is that the play, the, the the routes don't go as well as you hope and he just says, Okay, I'm just gonna take it on the, on my feet by myself. Like the second touchdown of the day, right? He had I don't know, what felt like ten seconds to move around in the pocket until he found an open receiver in the end zone. Four years ago, Lamar is just, if he's waiting longer than four seconds to find an open receiver, he's just running the ball himself. He's not doing that anymore. No, 357 yards through the air, mm-hmm. three tutties for him, and then he had another one on the ground against the Lions. Um, That's the thing is that we're, we're complimenting his ability to pass the ball, and we're saying he's not running the ball as much, but he's still doing it really well whenever he decides to take the ball into his own hands. Yeah, he's didn't forget how to run the football. No, let's right. Put it that way, uh, he's just not. He's just getting better as a passer. He doesn't have to rely on it as much this year, and that makes the Ravens extremely dangerous. Uh, Except for when they play the Steelers, and then he throws yeah, that he ball to Odell Beckham when he doesn't need to, and it throws it right to Joey Porter Jr. It's amazing. I picked the Lions in our triple play, and that was such a stupid pick. Now, mm. in hindsight, because I don't know if it was no, a stupid it was, pick. No, it was. Let me tell you why. With that win, Lamar's like 16 and 1, 17 and 1 against the NFC in his career. Oh, really? He never loses to the NFC. You know why? Because they never see him. They don't yeah, know, they don't know like. how to game plan. They see for him, him once every mm-hmm. four years. They don't have any clue what this dude's bringing to the table against them. He torches the NFC. If you're unfamiliar with Lamar Jackson, there's, you can't duplicate him in practice squad. You can't, you can't prepare your team for what you're going to see from Lamar Jackson. It's impossible. He's a unicorn. So. Stupid of me to not realize that, to know that statistic going in. I will not be picking against the Ravens the next time they play an mm-hmm. NFC team, though, uh, this year. I don't think that this really has you worried about the Lions, though, at least in my book. Maybe it was a little premature to put them up there with the Niners and the Eagles. 
the Niners are five and two now too. Yeah, how about that? So maybe it's premature to put them up there with the Eagles, mm-hmm. who are now clearly at the top of that NFC conference. Um, but I, I'm not worried about the Lions. I think the Lions will still win their division. I'm with you. And, and I think that this could be used as a good wake-up call for them. It's like, a, oh, you thought you were rolling. You thought you were badass. You can still get thumped by some you gotta good You got to play teams. some really good teams you in order get to get some real respect When the competition goes up, you can still get thumped. Mm-hmm. Oh, you thought you beat the Chiefs? Great. You can still get thumped. So maybe a good wake-up call for Dave. But not— you know, for the for the Lions, not bad losses on the season. Two playoff teams right now. Right, just an ugly one against the Ravens. Like really bad, yeah. If this was like, if you go on the road against Baltimore and the final score is something like 28-24, you're thinking, okay, would have liked to see you win that game, but you're doing well against good teams on the road. The Ravens were favored by three, mm-hmm. so that would you would have missed the spread by one point. That would have been respectable, at least. Mm-hmm. It would have been as expected from a lot of right. people. But... 36 was not, yeah, not great at all. I, I said, um, you know, maybe the surprise of the week was that. And then I stopped myself because this is the surprise of the week. How the hell did the New England Patriots? Yeah, that's the surprise Bills? of the week for sure. Especially when the Bills Came back. were up with like, what, less than two minutes to go? It was 23 to 10, I believe. Or 22 to 10 or something like that. And I'm sitting in the studio. It was 22 to 10. You're I'm sitting right. in the studio with Justin, the producer mm-hmm. for the Steelers games. And I'm like, it's over, dude. There's like six minutes left. The Patriots are going to beat the Bills. No. Then I go and do my thing, blah, blah, blah. And I look <laughs> back. And it's 23. The Bills are up. 25, 22, yeah. They're winning. And I'm like, what the hell happened? How did the Bills do that in like seven minutes? Josh Allen's unbelievable. And then I put my head back down. I'm typing on the computer. I'm doing something. And they look up. And Mac Jones scores the game-winning touchdown. Already, yeah. And the Patriots win. They were beating the Bills, then they let the Bills come back, and then they beat the Bills again. Mm-hmm. Well, Now, this tells me more about the Bills than it does the Patriots. Something's yes. up in Buffalo. <clears throat> we talk about, we've talked about on the show in the past couple of years, they've we're had not quite ready in the regular season where they kind of just like sleepwalk and spin their tires. But I don't think it's ever looked like that. There is something funky with that Buffalo Bills team. Maybe the fact that they don't have anybody other than Stephon Diggs for Josh Allen to utilize on that offense. Even though they're using Gabe Davis, Gabe Davis clearly isn't a serviceable number two. Gabe Davis needs to be a number three, and they keep Mm -hmm. trying to make him a number two. Um, Bills are really, really falling down that can they threaten the Chiefs. um, Yes, the Bengals. The Bengals. The Dolphins. Even though they beat the Dolphins. I put the Ravens in front of the Bills right now. To be very frank with you, I mean, yeah, the Ravens have looked a lot better yeah. than Buffalo has. So Buffalo, well, here's another one I'd probably put in front of Buffalo because they beat them, the Jaguars. The Jaguars, the right? The Bills are in free fall right now, as far as AFC contenders are concerned. I do think. Look at their losses: the Jets, the Patriots, and the Jaguars. Yeah. The ja- not to, not to discount the Jaguars. That's the only. But good look at loss. the teams they've beaten. They beat the Dolphins for sure, but they beat the Raiders, they beat the Commanders, and they beat the Giants. Can you pick three worst teams to have on your winning record? So they have one good win, and they have one loss that's respectable. And then other than that, it's all kind it's of It's really bad. They play the Bucks on Thursday Night Football at home next week. That might be that, you know, Josh Allen sledgehammer that's game. this week, right? right. In, in, in two days from now. That yeah. might be that sledgehammer we win by 30 game, right, against the Buccaneers. It needs to be. But again, you're not going to respect be- – you see that happen. Your mind, yeah. Oh, the Bills are back. Let's let's go back to putting them in the top five no, across I'm just the league. Say, that's what they do. They play a lesser team at home after getting no. Upset. The game to watch is the following week Sunday Night Football in Cincinnati. Those Bengals. Who now I'm thinking Bengals have a tough game against the Niners this week uh, out on the West Coast, but the Niners don't look that great. 
and the Bengals are coming off a bye. Now I'm thinking the Bengals should definitely handle the Bills. What happens if the Bengals go two and zero in that stretch? Well, or? no, no. I was going to say to the Niners if they lose three in a row, things are going to get a little interesting as far as that quarterback Whoa. talk in the Bay. Area Do you think? I mean, we're coming up on the trade deadline. Do you think no there's? Chance. They'll ride Purdy out to the end. You think so? Yeah. Okay. I don't think they're going to. Because Kirk is the guy that's rumored to not be with the. He's the guy that's the for sure starter that's. Not going to be starting on the team that he started the season with. Yeah, we'll see. <clears throat> we'll get to the Vikings in a second. Chiefs, Chargers. I said the Chargers would put up a fight. They did. It was 17-17, and then the Chiefs pulled away late. 400 yards, four touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes in this game. Uh, he dominated. I think I saw that's like his fifth game now in his young career where he's had 400-plus yards and four touchdowns. In Insane. Game, it's incredible, incredible career that just keeps getting better. And don't look now, but the Chiefs are six and six one, and one. Just right at the top six, of the AFC. Six wins in a row. Six wins in a row. Just like we all thought they would be. I mean, they're like four or five wins realistically away from having enough to probably make the playoffs right now. And so, they still have to play the Broncos and the Chargers again and the Raiders. The Chargers game's on the road now, which Mahomes never loses on nope. the road against the AFC West. So they're going to run away <laughs> with that division now. Right, I mean, Chargers last. What do you mean chance, now? They they do it because the every Chargers season. last chance was to upset them and make it kind of at home in L.A. Yeah, no, oh no, Kansas I'm sorry, City. in Kansas City, right? And then you get another one in L.A. Like that was their last gasp at being like, can we push them? This is going to be a cakewalk, no. even more so than it has been in the past couple of years for the Chiefs. And I mean, weird because the, the Chiefs, Chiefs are kind of weaker this year. Mm-hmm. We think right. The Chiefs do have a tough stretch coming up. They have the Dolphins. And they have the Eagles. Yeah, and see, the Dolphins, when they play the big boys, yeah. it doesn't go well for them. They kept it relatively close until the very end against Philly, though. Yeah, but then they didn't. And, and they had that pick six, which is... Right, Philly's own self-inflicted. And, you're, and you're, not a, you're not a team, the Dolphins, to... You're not a defensive team. Well, let's put it this way. They've played two teams that you would consider contenders. And now yeah. I know that we're a little cool on the Bills. They scored 20 points against Buffalo, and technically they only scored 10 points against right. the Eagles. So when that offense jumps up a weight class, we've yet to see it look like You're right. a 70-point right. explosion against You're Denver. Right. But the Chiefs, oh my gosh. They're just going to do what we always we always do this, right? Go they, they, they start the season like 1-2 and two or 2-3, two and three like you just said. And then they finish the year 14 and 3. 13 and 4. Yeah, hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's really good? Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. They're my favorite to win the AFC right now. 
Yeah. Just because how could you not pick them? And then, like we mentioned, the other team, the Dolphins, who I think is the second best team in the AFC right now, fell short again on the road against Philadelphia. I mean, there was a mismatch from the beginning when the uniforms came out. Wow. Why do you ever so clean? From yeah, that? I don't like, know why. Why do you ever change from that? I mean, I'll say the same thing about the Giants, too. Watching the Giants yeah, play the Commanders earlier that day. J.J. Watt tweeted out a screenshot of Hertz and Tyrod Taylor in the uniforms, uh, the Giants uniforms and the Eagles. And he said, next time the Giants and Eagles play, they have to play in yeah, these uniforms. Yeah, yeah, I saw them. that. And saw then someone that. retweeted it and said, and that day's on. That game is on Christmas Day this year. So, oh, you I have mean, that's to. That's just beautiful. You have to. Beautiful nostalgia for uh, a nice Christmas Day afternoon game. Um, but mainly because the Eagles are going to destroy the Giants. So I want to <laughs> at least look a little aesthetically pleasing on my TV as the Giants are just getting pounded by Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia has reestablished themselves as the, the class of the, the favorite. NFC. Yeah. Yeah. Because here's the thing, though. Bired. Like, I mean, the rich here's the thing, richer. too, is that they're going to win. You expect them to win now because they're a game ahead of the Niners. You expect them to win the they NFC. The yeah. And that means the NFC Championship is, game is going to end up in Philly again. again. Which I just don't have any. For any team. For any team to for go any into the team. and win that yeah, game no, in the playoffs. Can't do it. You saw this, you've seen the bank, right, for the, the playoffs for baseball? Yeah. It's, oh, it's insane. It's insane well, the Phillies just base. lost their first game at home all postseason long. It's nuts. We're in the NLCS game right. seven, and they just lost. Tonight's going to be pandemonium in there, but it's the same atmosphere, same fans, the link, whenever the Eagles Yeah, right. It's Philly. Football, yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's one of the tougher places to play Uh Finally, I said I was going to get to the Vikings in a little bit. And you said, you know, Kirk Cousins, the popular guy on the trading block, right? Sure. Not so fast, my friend. Here come the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, come on now. At Packers next game. Okay. At Falcons. Well, the trade deadline is in, what, a week from now? So it doesn't even matter what kind of—if they trade them before that run, it doesn't matter. They're going to go on a run. That's Because the Packers, the Falcons, them. the Saints, the Broncos, the Bears, the Raiders. Dude, they're going <laughs> to be 9-4 and four before they go against the they Bengals. They should be. They're the, they're the Vikings, though, so let's give them 8-5 and five, just because they'll do something uh, wrong. 7-6. and six. That's still good enough, I think, to get back into the playoffs. Yeah, place. I'm with you. Well, the NFC is just That's so weak. That's what I mean. So, like, I don't think they're going to trade Kirk now. I think they look at that schedule— and beating the Niners, Kevin O'Connell said this yesterday, their head coach, could be a game that completely changes the tone of the season. And he's right, because this was going to get them to 2-5. and five. And even if they went on a great stretch run like they have coming up, who knows if they have the confidence to, to win all of those games. or only Especially because the only two teams they beat so far have a combined one win, exactly. the Bears and the Panthers. So now they get to face off against some lesser teams and they start to have the confidence because they just beat the San Francisco 49ers and Justin Jefferson's going to return to the field soon. So here come the Vikings, They, they need to, I mean, <clears throat> I don't think they'll w- end up winning the division. I think that goes to... I think the Lions will win the division. But they need to win, <clears throat> at minimum, five of those next six games. They absolutely have to win five of the next so, of those next six. They have to and, be at least eight and five going yeah. to Cincinnati is mm-hmm. what your take is. Mm-hmm. At least eight and five. And I think they should be. They'll be favored in every game too. Like they, they're better than every single one of those. It's teams. realistic to be nine and four, but again, it's the NFL and they're the Vikings. So you you, you add one in there for them. Just they're the team to go nine and four, go six and zero, oh, and then lose Bengals, lose Lions, lose Packers, lose Lions. I'm just saying, look out for Minnesota. They're back. It starts this week. 
going into Glambo. Well, it started with the upset against the Niners. Right. That was the thing that changed but, the whole season. But it starts really this week because you got to get that first big win. It, that's your hardest game, right? Going into Lambeau. Packers stink. Sure, but. They smell. I mean, they smell who, who respects right now the Vikings significantly more than they respect the, the Packers? Nobody. I do. Significantly more? The Packers stink. I get it. They stink, but you don't. You don't All right. Significantly more. Dude, they lost to Denver. You can't lose to Denver. You can't lose to Denver. Minnesota might lose to Denver in a couple of weeks, though. <laughs> Gear up with the latest sideline apparel hats or jerseys of your favorite players' authentic so memorabilia true. custom items. And it's ex- going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. Exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops located at Akersher, Grove City Premium Outlets, or the Tanker Outlets, or visit online at shop.steelers.com. All right, big game for the Steelers this weekend. So we'll turn our attention towards those Jags mm. coming up from Jacksonville and power rank the NFL. It's coming up tomorrow on the Steelers Standard. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 